Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Hello, this is The Material Podcast, episode 179, and I am Andy Anatko. And I'm Florence Ion, and... And I'm, wow. I'm, a, I'm a little punchy because uh, I cooked my, I, I bought like a six pound like turkey breast. Uh, so I, uh, for my, for my own house, cause I was, I had Thanksgiving at, uh, at a fa- at, with family. And so I like to make sure that I've got like good leftovers. Uh, yeah. on the, turkey tetrazzini. Exactly. And so I, I, uh, I cooked it uh, like not on th- Thanksgiving, but the day after. And I give it about, I give turkey about four days, maybe five days in the fridge. When you get a little bit above four, it's like, you, that's not you feel as though if you get sick after uh, uh, day like at the end of day five or six you feel as though no you could have thought ahead and realized that perhaps you should have just let the rest of this go but i still had like two three pounds of turkey left and after putting some uh, some in the in the freezer and so yesterday i decided to go to the bakery and get a really nice loaf of freshly baked italian bread and rather than freeze the, the the remainder or bake it into a casserole or a pie, I decided I'm going to have a huge turkey sandwich for lunch and then another huge turkey sandwich with cranberry sauce for, for, for dinner. So I probably had about two to three pounds of turkey over the course of yesterday. So I'm glad that we're recording a little bit later today. I needed time to... Get the whole, all those chemicals to to process through. I was but say you're probably very sleepy. <laughs> I yeah, it's it, you know eating eating fin. eating half a uh, half to three quarters of a loaf of Italian bread in one day. That in itself will get you a little bit punchy. Your body your body's got to do a lot of work to break that down. Uh, very quickly, I just want to comment on the fact that uh, culturally it's very interesting the way that my husband and I differ on how long food is good for. And it's just funny because you brought up how long turkey is good for. And I mean, I've had turkey in the fridge for a while now. It's for the cat at this point. And my husband told me not to eat it. But we always have this discussion about how long like certain meat is good for. Because listen, Romanian family, we pickle all of our meat and we have very (laughs) cold winters. And I grew up with parents just kind of not. We didn't really refrigerate stuff very properly. And I just ate it like we would just eat stuff and microwave kills everything. And so <laughs> my idea of, it's just funny to hear you talk say like four or five days is gone. I'm like four or five days. What's wrong with that? You got another week at least after that. I mean, come on, that's six, six pounds. Well, six pounds. I, I did, I, I, I did tuck into that over the weekend. I had, I also made a Turkey pizza, uh, on you, Sunday. You do kind of get sick of Turkey after eating it for like, I mean, I am definitely I'm sick of it. I don't that, want. Well, see that, that that's why I that's why I sandwich it, haha, with a a good sandwich the first time and then a really good sandwich the last time. I noticed you did the continental route for the turkey, so I'm assuming you started good old American mm-hmm. uh, with the Thanksgiving feast, and then you you know you went international, you went Italian for the bread. <laughs> um, just trying to think about. What what else you could pop in there? Uh, perhaps noodles are next. Some turkey ramen. Um, I actually I did season it with paprika, so a little okay. bit of Hungarian there. All right, okay, okay, all right. We're going we're going a little sloth in that direction. All right. We'll we'll we'll, we'll get there. Well, also also now, um, my excuse also for like a, a googling, uh, uh, I, I will I will carefully Google how long can I keep green uh, green beans in the fridge mm-hmm. for, and then when it says well 
It will last uh, usually got about six days. You definitely want to throw them out after 10. And then I'll think, I bet that's wrong. I bet I can get away with 13 or 14 because those are really good green beans. But I, I've got I've got a food saver, like a vacuum sealer. And that mm-hmm. always tells me that always makes me a little bit more brave. Yeah, because I, I feel like that's good for at least another two or three days. It, the thing is, like, I, I have had food poisoning in my life before. And you remember you remember that, and you usually have the luxury of remembering. No, there's no mystery. I know exactly what it was that ga- that made me this sick, and I, I I'm in addition to puking and puking and puking, my mind is just focused <laughs> Sorry, on everyone. how different my life would be right now if I did not decide to order the the the, the mussels and spaghetti uh, at that diner two days ago. Just so everyone knows out there, because this is a Google podcast to bring it back around, you can ask your assistant anytime about how long food is good for. Yesterday, I asked how long carrots are good for in the mm. fridge. I did. I, I did mention that I that I would Google how much it take, how long. Yes. Uh, things for. I know. I just want. I just want to <laughs> put the tip on top of the tip. You know, exactly. just kind of. Well, you're right. We should. We tip you know, sandwich. Getting it. Well, we now we can cross over the holiday and Google stuff. Uh, with I did buy some stuff on uh, on like Black what did you Friday, buy? Cyber Monday. Tell Monday. us. Tell okay, us. Okay, I will start. I, I will hear. start off by I will start off by saying that I last week I, I talked about how I'm really tempted to get a, a Snaps camera for half off. I decided not to because after doing some more reading about it, realized that it's still optimized towards people who have clips. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Clips. Uh, and the oh, I thought you were giving it a. I thought you were giving it like a, like Two a snaps shady, in a circle, funny please. name, <laughs> <laughs> like Google Snaps. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why it hasn't sold well. We just need a rebranding. We need we need a with a Z snaps. Funky funky <laughs> like uh, 1990s neon leopard skin and squiggles and random on on certain sides of it. Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I was talking last week about how, gee, for 125 bucks, that's kind of interesting to play with. And then I did more reading to see how the software has changed. And so, unfortunately, it's still prejudiced against people like me who don't have, uh, like, uh, live-in spouses or partners, don't have kids, and don't even have pets. So it's if you're if you're a troubled the, yeah. loner, it's just not going to – it's, it's, it's just, just going to take it's a camera you for- alone. It's for big families. By the way, Andy and I are doing this in the morning versus the night. So if you notice our energy is different, <laughs> I am hyped. We, th- yeah, we are hyped up during the day. So this is, this is turning out to be a very interesting podcast. I want to hear more, Andy, though. What, what did you blow your money on? Okay. So I did, <laughs> I, so I did get, uh, I did get that Google home that I had my eye on. It was still like, what, like close to half the off. Standard, the and standard one. The, the regular one. I uh, looked at did the home Did you get Mickey hub. Mouse ears for it? No. Oh, Damn, you was should. that on sale somewhere? <laughs> yeah, it's at the Google store. You can buy like little Mickey Mouse enclosures for it, and it looks like a little Mickey Mouse pod. Oh, oh excuse me. That's for the Go Home Mini, actually. Sorry. Oh, okay, there you go. Sorry to mislead everyone. If, if, if it were Bullwinkle antlers, I would be on the site. I'd be pausing the recording so I could buy the Bullwinkle I mean, antlers I'm, right now. I'm hoping that pretty soon we can just have like all the decorations for it. <laughs> or we can dress it up like Mr. Potato Head. Yeah, we just well, with, with, if the if the competition between Amazon and Google for home speaker smart speakers gets hotter, it will be like, okay, do I buy a string of LED lights for the window to decorate this Christmas, or do I just buy another seventeen like Echo Dots because it does have that color LED on it? Uh, 
but yeah, I, I, I was actually, I almost, I came down to almost like drawing out a grid of here are all the Google Home and Google Assistant products I have in the house. Here's how I would deploy these things. And I couldn't make the case for uh, for for uh, for a, a home hub, but it's like no. If I if I get just another Google Home, I I will put it here in the living room. I will take the smart screen that's already there and put it in the kitchen. I will take a kitchen device and put that in the bathroom, so I can finally have like multi room going in every nook and cranny of the house. Uh, I also. I think I'm now done replacing every single bulb in my house with a Hue smart bulb because there's a Amazon had a good deal on Hue bulbs, so I bought one. I bought one of them, and not. But the the bad news is that the only ones that haven't been replaced so far are the ones where, again, I'm on a really really old building with beautiful high ceilings and big windows. That means that there are bulbs that can only be changed, but with a ladder and one of those grabby things on a stick, and even then. It's like I might have to buy it if if I break any one of these bulbs and like I can't get can't get at the the grippy thing. I'm gonna have to buy a bigger ladder to get at this. So that's why those were the last four that hadn't been replaced yet. That's fair. That's fair. I have a mixture of bulbs in my house, which just makes for a very frustrating time of turning off the lights every night, even though I have rooms set up. Uh, my husband keeps going in and <laughs> configuring the settings. <laughs> I made the mistake of allowing him to make changes to the home group. I made the mistake of giving him access. <laughs> and Google has opened so much of the Google Assistant to like to whoever is in the household that now that it provides access to everyone, stuff like that gets mixed up. So I came home one day and like all the rooms were changed. Like all the devices were in different rooms. And I was just like, <laughs> are you serious right now? And, you know, he was trying to do it to organize it nicely, which I appreciate. But it definitely, <laughs> it definitely took some getting used to. Uh, I did not do a lot of, actually, that's, I'm lying to myself. I did do Black Friday shopping, but I did it in very small increments so that I wouldn't feel bad about it. Also, because I didn't have I, I'm going far away for the holiday this year yes. and that costs a lot of money. And so I have already informed my friends that <laughs> gifts are very minor this year. They're just small tokens of affection. <laughs> uh, nobody's getting anything they really want this year <laughs> except my love, which I know is is always there for you when you want it. So I did do a little bit of shopping for myself though, with the $50 gift card that I got from buying the pixel three. And I bought a new Chromecast. So that newly put out one that does, I think now it's not the 4k one, but it, it's just like a tiny bit faster and it's got a nicer little aesthetic going on to it. Uh, oh, and it does the multi-room audio now, which Yay. is really nice. I added that one to an, have an old 31 inch monitor upstairs that, that I use as a TV. And uh, it's a lot faster than the first gen one that I had plugged in there. And I really love it. The first gen one that I had in there had a difficult time with YouTube TV. So even when I was watching DVR recordings, I thought it was just like live TV. Oh, okay. I can kind of maybe understand why the first gen Chromecast would have problems with the live TV. That's just kind of how I thought about it in my head. But when I was trying to watch recorded stuff, have it play back in the background, and I couldn't do that, I was like, okay, I think it's time that I swap this out and get rid of it. I'm probably going to hand it off to a family member, somebody who, um, you know, 
wants to have a cheap little TV in their room because it still is great for that. But I'm glad that I upgraded. And then I also bought a new case. I ended up spending like $10 over the $50, you know, (laughs) and we spent $10 total plus shipping and handling. And I bought a new case because the fabric case that I bought for the Pixel 3 is already super gross. (laughs) It's just, it's picked up. uh, I didn't make the mistake of bringing it into the kitchen while I was a cleaning over the holiday. And it definitely, you know, I like to use soap and water to clean the countertops. It definitely picked up some of that. And it's gross and disgusting now. So I bought a new case, one that's plastic, uh, that isn't going to be as um, bacterial. <laughs> and I'm still waiting for that one, though. It, like, hasn't arrived yet. And I don't understand. I think the cases come from a different warehouse than the other accessories do because they got shipped differently from the Chromecast. The Chromecast arrived here in, like, two days after I ordered it. It was super quick Mm -hmm. and I still haven't seen the case in the mail. So this is the second time I'm finding delayed cases. (laughs) I've just, it's a first world complaint that I'm complaining about, but you know, I, it just be nice to have these things arrive. That doesn't mean it's not puzzling. You're right. This just, just like, no, I, I too bought a pixel case. Like, um, this is my, my favorite, favorite, favorite. The Incipio. Case. Again, the, uh, right, exactly. Or excuse me, the spec. No, the, no, no, like that's the, the spec. spec. Right, the spec, like, grippy case with all those, like, sort of, like, bumps and ribs on it so that when you're taking pictures and hanging out with, hanging your, your, half your body over a railing and holding it and thinking that this, I bet that there's a lot, lot, lot of phones, really expensive ones, too, at the bottom of whatever this this railing is preventing me from falling over into uh favorite favorite case uh i had it on my pixel one for two years and it was starting to look a little bit ratty i know that uh i know that spec usually has does black friday sales so i go to this i go to the site and uh it was a discount that really didn't match up with the jubilation of font choices they used on the site to promote 10 percent off cases and it's like but this is like a so i can get like four dollars off like a, a 40 well no it was it was like a four dollars off and uh six dollars for shipping uh and so and I, because i'm not as dumb as maybe i might have been the first year there was such a thing as like black friday sales it's like let's see how much this costs on amazon and because it was for pixel 1 somebody just had like an over one of those overstock sort of sites had it for $8 with free amazon prime shipping so yeah so that's that's why i feel like it's always important to remind people that and a little bit of googling, a little bit of searching, price matching uh, sites, just to find out if you're about to spend thirty two dollars extra for a, a, a case that would probably still take two weeks to get. But it feels like a new I, phone. It's wonderful. I want to hear from anybody out there who has found some really great deals. I do. I want to know if you found a really great deal besides the ones that we've told you about. I want to know. Tell us. Tweet us. Because I want to know, I want to know how worthy this shopping season really is. Because I, right now I'm just like constantly bombarded by car commercials. You know, the holiday car commercial is just like the the hot thing uh, that's all over the television right now because that tis the season. And so I want to know, like, is tis the, really the season? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to put that properly. 
Well, let I, us know. I could, especially if uh, there are times when you'll hit, uh, you'll find a Black Friday deal that is limited or expired, and it makes you a little bit angry for. You, there's no way you could have possibly known about this beforehand because it wasn't announced or anything. The the definite winner was uh, you heard about what uh, Cards Against Humanity did. Uh, I know that their servers were down by the time I got up that day yeah. on the West Coast. So they so, so <laughs> they they are very famous for the, this is how much money they're clearly making off of this game that they, routinely they will do they will spend like tens of thousands of dollars on like just weird and incredibly fun promotional stunts. This year, they decided to have a 99% off sale, and this was all for real. Like, they sold, uh, like, a 2015 Ford Fiesta with uh, only 25,000 miles on it, which for 99% off, so somebody got it for, uh, I'm I'm, I'm activating the the paint right now. Uh, So someone got that for $97.50. Uh, Bill Pullman's flight suit from uh, screen use flight suit from uh, uh, Independence Day. Someone got that for $40. Um, a a the 1.5 carat diamond. <laughs> uh, there was a, a yurt, a 20 foot yurt for $60. I would, lo- I would love, I would love a yurt actually. Those, I mean, come on. That's like the ultimate backyard accessory. <laughs> and I am in California, so. You know, <laughs> well, there's there's probably already a yurt or, ordinance in your county, so you wouldn't have to. Uh, the paperwork is streamlined. A special yurt inspector. Uh, I will say, I had to. I actually ended up listening to podcasts last week about deals and finding out that some of the best deals are yet to come. So, if you feel like you haven't found a deal and you're still trying to do your Christmas shopping, listen. I understand, like. Giving people things is not a measure of how much you love them or care about them. Yes. But this is also the season that manufacturers and companies and widget makers, as they used to call them in math books, are slashing prices on everything to try and get their inventory out. So this is the time to spend your money. And honestly, I have a lot of respect for the people who have the patience to wait until the holiday shopping season to do all of their shopping. I wish I had that patience because when you go online and you see how much, like I have no problem buying things out of season if I get to get it for 90% off. So everyone, if you're thinking that this is the time to buy something, it probably may be not to mention also the pixel slate now is on sale. Yes. By the way, there's there. It's uh, it's not this, on sale, sale, but it's right. it's available. For yeah, purchase. it's it's definitely been sh- there uh, now that companies are actually advertising their Black Friday sales early. I was surprised at all the like actual like commodity type stuff, like Western Digital hard drives were uh, on sale at uh, Best Buy for really great deals. I almost bought a bunch of ten terabyte drives just to have like a, a a drive or two just to have in the closet for those the only god gosh darn it the only simple solution to the problem i'm having is if i i don't know had like 10 gigabyte 10 terabytes of oh wait that's right i do i bought i bought that drive a year ago like right right now i we've we're in the week three week two week three of my saga of the broken ssd drive on my macbook it i'm i've been booting off of a uh, 512 uh, gigabyte Samsung SSD that I that I bought last that I bought like last year because 
oh my god this is the cheapest i've ever seen this i'm sure i'll use it at some point and again one of the god i i i i can't get this back up and running because i don't have oh that's right i did buy that 512 gigabyte ssd and i do have a couple of enclosures i can okay we're good so <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Andy, in order for us to pay off for all these things, we should probably head first into our ad. Mm, indeed, I think so, because I still have to I, I still have holiday travel to pay for. And and there's probably a three hundred dollar hat for sale somewhere that I'll wind up looking at if they have it in my size. This episode is brought to you by Linode. With Linode, you'll have access to a suite of powerful hosting options with prices starting at just $5 a month. And you'll be up and running with your own virtual server in the Linode cloud in under a minute. Linode offers industry-leading performance with native SSD storage, a 40 gigabit network, and Intel E5 processors. They now have 10 data centers spread across the world, meaning you can serve your customers even quicker than before. They have an API that allows you to easily automate tasks or develop custom applications in the cloud. And everything is manageable via the command line. All the nodes pricing tiers feature hourly billing with a monthly cap on all plans and add-on services like backups and node balancers. Linode has fantastic pricing options available. Their plans start at one gig of RAM for only $5 a month, and they offer high memory plans starting with 16 gigs of RAM. As a listener of the show, if you sign up at linode.com backslash material, you'll not only be supporting us, but you'll also get $20 towards any Linode plan. On the one gig of RAM plan, that's four free months. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, you've got nothing to lose. So go to linode.com backslash material, that's the name of this podcast, to learn more, sign up, and take advantage of that $20 credit. Or use the promo code material2018 at checkout. Either way, you get that savings. Thank you so much to Linode for supporting this show and the Relay FM network. Andy, does that mean the hats are your thing? <laughs> <laughs> it's not my signature thing. I just, you know, there are just times when, like today, that I'm going to be in the office all day, and I just would rather not have to get my hair to look presentable. And so I'm wearing That's my fair. Pixar hat now. But That's fair. That's but, fair. Okay, okay. So, it, uh, but sp sp we're still on, we're still on the subject of things that I might wind up buying. I don't know if this is qualifies as Black Friday. Uh, so, Google finally opened up uh, Project Fi. You could say for real this time because it used it used to be uh, like limited limited availability in your region, and then Special it was people only. exactly. And or most or mostly people who understood how this sort of a carrier agreement worked, as opposed to, but I'm with Verizon right now and it works. And Google is now a cell phone company, and it and then it only worked with like Google made phones, uh, and now they've so they've changed it from Project Fi to Google Fi because it's no longer a project. Or perhaps it means that they're no longer projecting their inadequacies onto their customers. They are taking con they're taking uh, full responsibility uh, for their own actions. I don't know, uh, but uh, so it's uh, opened up to uh, Pixel phones, but also iPhones, HTC, Huawei, LG, Motorola, Samsung, Essential. There's a compatibility uh, gadget. Uh, on the new Google Fi site, fi.google.com, where it will tell you, it'll ask you what phone you have, and it will tell you whether it's, now here's the bit of fishiness, sketchiness, 
Uh, some phone, it's your a phone is either designated as designed for Fi, meaning pretty much just like the Pixels and the the Google made phones. Meaning that whoever designed this knew that at some point it would like to be running Fi as an option, or simply compatible with Fi. And if a phone is merely compatible with Fi. It's, it will miss out on a couple of kind of neat little tricks. If it's designed for Fi, then uh, one of the nice tricks for uh, Google Fi is that you are essentially working on uh, all three of like the second tier networks. So it will work on uh, uh, it, it will work on uh, uh, T-Mobile. Uh, it will work on uh, uh, it, 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 uh, Sprint, US Cellular. Uh, so you get massive, massive, massive coverage, and wherever you are at the moment, whatever network has the best signal, that's what you'll jump onto. So, uh, as best as I could figure out in the past day or so, uh, if your phone is only compatible, then essentially you'll be limited to T-Mobile, which is not a problem. T-Mobile is a very nice network, but you would kind of think that there, every place it's a very has nice the... network. <laughs> so, so kind to its mother. <laughs> And, <laughs> I mean, I hope John Laguerre is kind to his mother. Otherwise, we're gonna have some problems. Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll we'll find we'll find out. Uh, you also don't get access to uh, Google. Uh, there's a Google VPN service that comes with Google Fi. You don't get that. Oh, interesting. Uh, and you know that. And it's it's and it's okay. Uh, on the there's a, uh, another caveat that I can't I don't understand yet about the iPhone compatibility you have to download an app to make it work okay no problem there uh and again you you don't get hmm. that network that network jumping feature and no you don't get the Google Fi VPN but and I had to cut and paste the quote from the site saying quote settings must be updated to get some texts to work unquote although they say that iMessage quote works right out of the box unquote that's nice but I would like to know uh, do I know what texts are not going to work? Are they, are they talking about multimedia texts, or do they mean that if you text if you text your your partner saying that hi I'm broken down by the side of I ninety five and it's dark and cars are whizzing by and I don't feel safe you need to come pick, pick me up or get someone to pick me up right away are we going to have some fun deciding did it go through did it not go through I don't know. Uh, so that's something that I would, if I were an iPhone user, I would very much like to clarify that point. Uh, so I agree. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little bit, a little bit worrying. Um, but uh, if you, but if you do get, uh, particularly if you have a uh, design for Google Fi phone, uh, it's pretty compelling. Uh, so everyone gets it to 20, 20 bucks a month per person, unlimited calls and texts for each additional person. Uh, it's 15 bucks. Your uh, data is 10 bucks per gigabyte, but the there is a cap of $80 a month on your bill. So if you, after you've used like six gigabytes of, uh, of data, you can keep right on going and it won't cost you any more because, again, there's a cap of $80 on your monthly bill. Uh, data speeds are slowed down when you get say. to... Yeah, when, you, when you get to more than 15 gigabytes, that's when things get slowed down. Data is slow, but still free, it says in parentheses. Right. But that's not terrible. Fifteen. Uh, I rarely use more than ten, and less but, and, than one percent of individual Fi users, as of January exactly. twenty eighteen, use above fifteen gigs. That's yeah. what it says on the website. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's it's situational. So that's that's the the slowdown after fifteen gigabytes. That's kind of okay. Um, you can also opt out of it, by the way. Opt out of what? The slow 
the, the slowness. You can, you can say, screw you. Give me like, give me like the fastest internet ever, no matter what I do. Uh, I'm like trying to skip really quickly right now. It said you can opt out of it if you want. And then I, I clicked on the link and now I'm just on some FAQ page. Ooh, there must be some law in some state. Oh, you can opt to pay $10 per gigabyte for the data you use past 15 gigs in a given cycle. So you can get the full speed. You just have, you can opt to pay for it. But by default, it'll stop at 80 gigs, which might be real, excuse me, $80, which might be really good for, you know, if you are on quite a budget and you, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty good. Uh, they also, there are a lot of, they, they put in a lot of tools on the, on the, the fi.google.com site to do away with whatever you were, you're worried about. There's also coverage map where give me your address and said, Nope, we will, here's for all the four features you might be using from like, I just want to make calls to no, I want to stream video over my phone. Nope. You've got a great signal. You'll have great coverage here. Uh, the, uh, free, <laughs> free, uh, unlimited international roaming, which would be quite the killer. The I, I don't travel internationally a lot, but that's when I have to budget. Okay, yeah. here's extra five hundred bucks for. I'm not going to be able to anticipate <laughs> what it's going to cost me to, to to go do this. Um, and I gotta say that like uh, so, my AT and T bill is usually about one hundred and ten bucks a month. Ah, so, that's a lot for one person. Yeah, because I, I, I use lots of data. Uh, and, uh, that's, a, that's already attractive. The other cool thing is that, uh, f- uh, for the next few weeks, they are offering huge promotional discounts. If you buy a phone, fr- uh, buy a new phone from fi.google.com. So, uh, hundred bucks. So if you buy a, uh, pixel three, three XL, you'll get a hundred dollars service credit. Uh, the one that really got my eye was the best deal is that you get $300 in service credits with a purchase of a new Pixel 2 XL, uh, which they're already discounting uh, 100 bucks off. And it's not like a, it's it's there. The Google Store often has like, hey, 100 bucks off the Pixel phone in the form of a Google Store credit. And well, what if I don't have? I I I only want once I buy the phone, I will have purchased everything I want to purchase from the Google Store. But that 300 bucks is money I will definitely be spending <laughs> at the rate of 80 bucks a month. So that really is like like a legit 300 dollars off. Uh, so now. Uh, at 100 bucks off is 749 if you deduct 300 now it's down to 449 uh plus uh you offer trade-in credits and my uh pixel one i would get 120 bucks off so now we're talking about i give them uh, 630 bucks and it will essentially cost me 330 with the credits and now i'm like I'm glad I have a few weeks to think about this because uh, I think I'm exactly the person that they crafted all of these promotional things for because I've been, I've been with AT&T since the first time they were AT&T. I was, when I, they were my first cell phone. uh, They were singular. No, no, no. They were AT. It was AT&T and then it was singular and then it became AT&T again. And I've, I, I, I'm a tech journalist. I've researched this stuff. I've talked to people who are on the industry side of this and on the consumer side of this, and they keep telling me that portability is our legally given right. I can have my, I will have the, my same number, but there's something about I'll have to step from this the deck of this boat 
to the deck of this other boat. And I know these boats are right next to each other and there's almost no chance I will fall in the water. If I get wet, I'm going to drown because not <laughs> if I, because uh, uh, the, the other problem is that I'm sitting on prime real estate. I have a 617 area code number, which is like back when there were only two area codes in all of Massachusetts. And now that really is like a, a penthouse apartment over the park. This is and, like 415 for the yeah. Bay Area because so, now it's just for San Francisco. It used to be Bay Area yeah. wide. And, and and I will tell people that it's only because I don't want to have to tell everybody what a new what my new phone number is after having the same one for like 20 years. But yeah, it's like a lifetime like New Englander who like grew up when I was when I was a tiny tot. And whenever when I remember what my uh, what my phone number was living like 30, 40 miles outside of Boston, it was a 617 area code, man. And it's like it just it's just <sighs> nice. But also saving money every month, plus having these extra features Plus, being uh, able, uh, like I said, I I think in the next couple of weeks I will wind up switching to project to Google Fi. I'm, I'm going to be spending. Let, let me put it this way: I'm going to be spending the next couple of weeks trying hard to talk myself out of it, trying to be the devil's advocate and say, "No, come on, you can't do this. Here's how it will fail. It will definitely fail." And the other side of me is thinking, well, with an extra 30 bucks a month, I could probably get a subscription to that Acorn channel that has all that British programming on it. And uh, I could have many extra burritos per month and not. So, yeah, <laughs> which which isn't nothing. It isn't nothing. It'll, I'll be putting it back into local businesses like the pizza joint that's right across the across the, the street from me. You I know? totally went on a rant about this at Thanksgiving, by the way. <laughs> about how we need to like be shopping at local businesses. Like it doesn't matter if we have to get into our car and go to the store. Like at least it's going back that it's going into the taxes, which go to the county, which like, <laughs> go to the roads. Anyway. So so what what do you think about Project uh, excuse me I have to keep saying now Google Fi. What what do you what do you think of Google Fi? I, I I my opinion of it is that it seems to be working very well particularly now that it's been around for a few years. It depends on it depends on your ickiness factor of okay so now all of my calls are being handled by Google now am I comfortable with that and I I tend to think that that will be okay but now I'm I'm going from being in my high tower Saying no, 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 consumers, you should shop around for the best deal possible, and you should and, absolutely. And, that's, and, the, but, that's the right piece of advice. But, this, but this, <laughs> there's a difference between saying academically, saying you know the the Pixel Slate is a final. I think that anybody who is thinking about buying a laptop should seriously consider one. As a okay, Andy, are you willing to trade your MacBook, your MacBook Pro, for a Pixel Slate? And I'm like, uh, uh, yeah, um, <coughs> right. Uh, so uh, I'm not willing to trade. So I'm on Big Red. Verizon has always been my carrier. I've been on Verizon since it was GTE. I'll have you know. <laughs> CDMA uh, forever. <laughs> Well, part of the reason is just because I am on a family plan. I have been on a family plan forever. It keeps everybody's phone bill down uh, to a point. We're very happy with the service because of where we live. It's like the best service here in the Bay Area, I would say. Uh, and I have used phones from different carriers in my in my uh, phone reviewing career. So, you know, I had AT&T phones and Sprint phones and uh, and. Uh, T-Mobile phones and use them on transit and use them all around the Bay Area. And I just found Verizon to be the best. So I am okay with paying the money that I do for the service that I get. 
That said, I also have a secondary SIM because again, I have a lot of phones and a lot of stuff. And I have that one through Mint SIM because it lets me prepay. And this is Google Project Fi is the one I keep thinking about. Like I would love to have this as a secondary just to be in the Google MVNO ecosystem and to see what that's like. Because what I read from colleagues on Twitter about Project Fi, I just hear a lot of complaints about, I hear both complaints and both positive feelings. The positive feelings being that it is super easy compared to a standard MVNO. Uh, You're doing all of the all of the settings configurations, you're doing all of that over the phone. You're not dealing with people. It's just like this automatic little chip. You just put it in and go. And the convenience of that, I think, appeals to a lot of people. But if you're piggybacking off of T-Mobile and Sprint Towers, and maybe those aren't so good in your area, maybe not so available, that's going to become a problem, especially if you are coming in with a quote-unquote secondary phone, <laughs> a phone that is not made for Project Fi and you're kind of being bumped down, I feel like that would really annoy people. I also am just trying to figure out, I think if I covered Spectrum and things of the sort a little more closely, I would maybe have a better idea of what's going on here. But just from my like outsider consumer perspective right now, this is just my consumer hat. Very curious about this MVNO and what kind of the end goal is. Is it just to sell more phones? Is it just to have Google look like more of a phone company? Like, hey, look, we do phones too, not just search engines. Or, you know, is there another Mm. reason for it? Or is it just because it just makes sense to have this infrastructure? Because when you're building mobile products to run the internet, the internet, which Google pretty much, it's like, hey, search engine, (laughs) where the, you know, they are the son of the internet when you think about it for a lot of people. They illuminate us and keep us warm <laughs> with all the servers that are doing searches <laughs> and pumping. They're not anyway. our friends. When sorry, we... sorry. <laughs> and, and they say, and they say, don't look at us too closely with your with your naked eyes. Anyway, sorry, sorry. Don't look directly but... <laughs> at us for any any circumstances, or we'll hurt you. <laughs> no, but seriously, I, I just I just wonder, like, what is the goal? And I think the goal is just to build a giant Google ecosystem of stuff, and that's fine. I I see it. Da- data has it. to data has to be a, be part of it too, and maybe and maybe not necessarily individual consumer mm. data, but data on how devices perform across the country during certain circumstances. Um, it's it's Indeed. it's yeah. tough. I mean the the whole like I said the whole package is pretty tempting, particularly since I I do have a Pixel version one. And there are a couple of features of Pi, or excuse me, a couple of like new Pixel features that are not going to work on the Pixel One. Maybe um, uh, I kind of like it. It's the like I said, it's the whole package. It's, it's like if I if I if I saw a uh, I, I bought my Pixel One on one of those uh, like clearance like mm-hmm. Overstock.com sort of deals. It was refurbed, and I bought it for like three hundred and fifty, maybe even a bit less. And if I were able to buy a Pixel, if I were on that that same site and they had Pixel Two XLs uh, for that amount of money, I would buy it in a heartbeat. And that's that's what I'm navigating right now. That re- in a real sense. I have an opportunity to buy a Pixel 2 XL for about $400 or a little bit less. Again, given that the $300 service credit, that's money I would absolutely be spending one way or another. So, yes, I'd be, I'm not getting I'm not spending literally 350 bucks today for this phone, but and it's 
awfully tempting. And then the, the weasel in the, the weasel in the back of my head is saying, also, it's technically a better camera, isn't it? And it's a larger display. And, that's why. That's and how you know, I and you know that it's, that it's one that the, the the Pixel version one end support was it? Is it next year? It's coming up soon, isn't it? It's almost as if the smart thing for you to do would be to <laughs> buy a new shiny shiny. What about buying a new shiny shiny tablet laptop? Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> the, the Pixel Slates, uh, the reviewers uh, got their embargo ended, uh, like, what what was it, last week? So reviews have been out for a few days now. Uh, shipments to consumers are still going to happen, I think, in December. It's still, like, a little bit delayed, but you'll get it in time for Christmas if you decided to give your child the delighted gift of a somewhat untested or a loved one <laughs> or a loved one i'm just i'm just saying that it's it's on it's on the level of if i could have given if i could give you a thousand dollar gift i'm not sure if here is the here is an unproven operating system on a brand new piece of hardware that looks really good but if you had given me the choice of things to spend a thousand bucks on maybe not but that's 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 what that's I'm saying. fair I have noticed uh, that there is a consistency among the reviews that are out there because I've just been kind of, you know, looking through them. And, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of reviewers feel like this is just a huge potential for Chrome OS to take this direction towards laptop, tablet, whatever you want it to be. Yeah, they, 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 like the, they like the new interface. They like the the new interface that got pushed out to like all Chrome OS like tap laptops about a few few weeks ago. Yeah, and it's different depending if you have a keyboard plugged in. So if you have a keyboard plugged in, you will get the desktop interface, and it's just like that on a Microsoft service. Whether you know if you don't have a keyboard in there, then you'll get a tablet interface, tablet first interface, which is a nice little nod to look. It's a two in one in that sort of sense, but a lot of people also feel like it's kind of buggy in its implementation. And I think that speaks to a larger issue for Google, which, and I've seen this talked about in different Twitter circles this week, so this is not an original idea, but I agree with it, and which is that Google is very much like, hey, yeah, we have this cool hardware, but it's not 100% ready I mean, the hardware is 100% ready, but the software isn't. So we're going to keep yeah. working on the software, but you should buy our hardware because we are going to keep working on the software. And I think that works for enthusiasts like you and I and the Android developer, the developers out there, I should say, who trust Google. Um, but I don't think that works for consumers <laughs> at yeah. all. And um, and I don't think it works to have a product like this out there and not have and to think that reviewers are not going to consider that from the consumer perspective, because if I, cause I could always justify to myself to buy something because it's going to get better, but that's just because I know another person might not have that luxury. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very much like an Apple community sort of thing where this, there are early adopters, but then there are early believers where they're right there. And this, this, this isn't a, this isn't a slap against them. It's a part of the feature that you're, that, this person is getting from having a pixel slate or the very first iPad is that, wow, I'm doing so I'm trying something brand new and I accept that it's not going to be as polished an experience as an operating system that's been out for 10 years and they keep refining it and refining it and refining it. But to the, to be, to be manifestly using something that was designed for computing in 2018, as opposed to 
uh, a Windows tablet that was designed for computing in 1990 and has been sort of like Franken fixed every year ever since. But yeah, it was. Uh, uh, so they're, they're talking a little bit uh, the, consistently. I, I was yeah. I spent yesterday, the day before, doing nothing but like reading like six different reviews uh, from uh, like The Verge and Ars Technica uh, and uh, uh, and Gizmodo and the rest. And yeah, so they're 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 saying that there's they're both that there's uh, some user interface stuff that could be fine tuned to make it easier to manage multiple apps. For instance, they were also complaining about. Uh, particularly, the, the Verge had uh, Dieter Bone had the most negative review, uh, and it, it wasn't a, it wasn't a complete pan, but he was the he was the least impressed with it. Uh, the the demo unit that uh, that they sent him uh, got into a boot loop problem, so he sent that back. Uh, the replacement one still had a problem with Bluetooth, where it would like lose a connection, and then just or even Bluetooth would just simply not be able to turn be turned on to your restart. Well, that's which, not good. Which when you is don't not have good. a headphone jack. Exactly, <laughs> double plus ungood. When it's like, oh well, I'll just no problem. I'll just jog holding this thing. I'll just be on the bus holding this thing up to my head with the speakers. Everybody will love you for doing yep. that. Um, and also, and uh, again, Dieter had a, has the good perspective of someone who doesn't necessarily believe in Chrome OS as a, uh, as mature as iOS or Android or, uh, or Windows. Um, I have a quote here. Chrome OS, Chrome OS is an operating system designed for laptops that is enrolled in an adult education class for tablets and hasn't even understood its assignments, much less done the homework. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> which is which is negative and i was I, but I, no, I, I mean <laughs> i and i was i was surprised because at the end uh to find out because i thought that i thought that this is someone for i was getting the impression that this is someone whom who just was not uh doesn't do the sort of work that a chromebook of any kind could really really make him happy so me i think i thought he was he very, very uh, value. He delivered a lot of value by representing the sort of user that really is looking for. I've got X dollars to spend uh, on a portable computer that has to do a lot of things. How well does that do those things for me? And he just is not doing the sort of things that a, a Pixelbook could do well, but uh, or a Chrome OS uh, device could do. But uh, so, uh, it but it turns out that he is a a, a Pixelbook user. Um, he said, I still love my Pixel book and I'm sticking with it. Uh, the Pixel Slate has a lot going for it, but it's just too experimental. The bummer is that I actually mm -hmm. like what Google is trying to do here. I just wish it was less trying and more doing. Uh, yeah. So I thought yeah. I, uh, there, there were some things that uh, I disagreed with only from my own experience with, uh, with Chrome OS, but mm -hmm. nothing that I could find fault with. So that's that why fe that feels fair. That entire yeah, exactly. I just wish it was less trying and more doing. And I, I agree with that because you can try and do all sorts of things on Chrome, uh, but you just want it to do it yeah. in the end. Just open the damn PSD file. Just let me open it. Yeah, that that, that was another that uh, that was another like sort of consistent reaction. Like on the one side, people were saying that um that the USB C port uh, and the things that Chrome OS lets you do with USB C is in itself a great feature that I can just you can just plug in a, an SD card reader or plug in a hard drive or plug in a microphone or even plug in a printer and it works. But also <laughs> mentioning that so SD it's like it's still we talked about this a couple a few weeks ago. That after my first experiences, like in depth with uh, with the Pixelbook, that <laughs> I've got Lightroom, I've got an SD card reader, and I've got an SD card with pictures on it. I should be able to 
plug the p- plug in the SD card reader and Lightroom and hit the button for importing on Lightroom and Lightroom can import things from the card. Yep. But no, I have to import it into my downloads folder <laughs> in the with the files app and then go to Lightroom, show Lightroom the downloads folder so it can copy more copies of those pictures into the Lightroom library folder and then go back. I have to go back and delete. You're those trying files. not doing. That's what you're doing. Yeah, it, it works. <laughs> so like, uh, so there's uh, more than one reviewer was saying that it's more flexible than an iPad pro. Obviously this is a natural comparison to make between uh, the iPad pros and uh, the, the, and this mm-hmm. uh, pixel slate. I was saying, so it's more flexible thanks to USB-C and uh, the way the operation works, but it's not as though it's not without frustrating quirks of its own. Um, sure. Some people were uh, complaining about how Android apps on Chrome OS are still not favored nation status. They're sort of Mm-mm. depending, and there's there are only a handful really that work really really well. I certainly agree with that. Uh, the other the other weird thing that was uh, more than one were saying, even the people who liked it were complaining or noting that the screen is very very slippery. Uh, and that's that. I, I don't think that's from a point of view of I'm trying to carry it, but I dropped it, and I just dropped a thousand dollar thing and broke it. But more like, uh, if there are people who are going to be spending a hundred bucks for the pen, the screen doesn't seem to. I haven't used it myself, so I'm just quoting other people. Uh, doesn't have the kind of teeth to it that lets you make that makes it easy to use a pen with a device, whether you're writing notes or whether you're yeah. drawing with it, because it tends to. It's like putting a pen on ice it just skids around uh, mm-hmm. uh instead of uh, staying in place uh but uh, and also which uh, i kind of suspected uh the review unit that google was sending out was the 999 dollar base uh intel like sort of mid-ranged mm-hmm. version uh, 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 in, uh sorry intel uh, core uh, m5 excuse me yeah core i5 i think uh cpu uh mm-hmm. and the cheapest one is 300 bucks less and has a celeron processor and almost everybody was saying that yeah that's kind of a it's kind of a tablet shaped object the celeron version of this and you definitely let's consider the real starting price as, as a hundred as a as a thousand bucks because uh whereas the thousand dollar version can certainly compete with a thousand dollar ipad pro the 700 dollars version can compete with a $329 iPad, nothing, uh, as far as performance goes. Yeah, I just think that this is, that's the other thing. It's like, this is available in such a spectrum of, of, of sizes. Sorry, that was the wrong way to say it, but it's available in such a variety of configurations is what I meant to say. And, uh, and the price increases so much from beginning to end. And so it's kind of hard to say, well, you should buy a Pixel Slate because, well, why do you want to buy a Pixel Slate? If you want to buy it as a tablet, apparently it works very well as that. I mean, it has a beautiful screen, it has loudspeakers, and for 600 bucks, that's a high-powered tablet. Why the heck not? But the more expensive you go, you start to think, well, might as well just buy the Pixel Book. If what I really want is a laptop replacement, get the Pixel Book. And then just kind of wait for the software. The thing about the Pixel Book 2 or Chrome OS is that Google's constantly updating it. Like, I actually just got an update yesterday. That yeah, I me too. Yeah. I haven't, I, haven't, so, I haven't dug into it to see what it represents, but when you, whenever I see an update to Chrome OS, it's like, yes, no, I don't care that I'm 10 minutes from deadline. 
please do restart. Yeah, no, I wait like weeks. I'm terrible. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> not right now. This is not the time. But I do the same on a Mac or a PC, which I'm, I am that person. I also, I also have like <laughs> two or three other like working desktops in the room whenever I do that. <laughs> and I'm yeah. not, I'm not like on, on my way out the door to, to the exactly. airport or whatever. Um, Gizmodos was probably uh, had uh, was reviewed by uh, Alex Kranz. It was probably the most positive. Starting with the headline, the Google Pixel Slate is a brilliant Chrome OS response to the iPad. Hmm. Well, we're, we're going to skip over the fact that Google certainly didn't have any, <laughs> didn't really see the iPad Pro, uh, <laughs> having any spies in there. Uh, but even then, it was sort of balanced. Uh, for laptop quoting, for, for laptop lovers, it just doesn't make sense, especially considering last year's Pixel Book got a price drop and now starts at just 700 bucks, which I totally agree with. Um, uh, and I think the last, the ends with, uh, it was designed to be a two in one that functions best as a tablet. And on that front, it's doing its job damn well. If you want a tablet and you don't want to deal with Apple, then this is it. The pixel slate is for you. That's what I figured. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I just, I just see such lines of demarcation between, uh, people who might, who would spend a thousand bucks for an iPad pro a thousand bucks for a pixel slate and a thousand bucks on a Microsoft surface that they both, they, it's, they really, they have, uh, they're like three leaves that intersect in the middle. Uh, and they're, but outside of that mode of intersection of like basic computing, like if you're doing things for artistic reasons, my goodness, the iPad, you, why you really shouldn't look anywhere but the iPad Pro. Uh, and if you really do need like a desktop sort of experience, yeah, that's the, the only one that's going to give it to you without those compromises is going to be the Surface. And the Chrome OS tablet is, uh, the Pixel Slate is always going to be, I need one device that is not a great desktop experience and not the best tablet experience, but is always no less than good at either one. Mm -hmm. I just, I like that. I like having that flexibility. Um, it's, I mean, it, it is interesting. I was super, super tempted at uh, the really great price drops on the, uh, uh, on the, on the pixel book. Um, the only, th I think the reason why I didn't go for it was knowing that I've got a few more months before the Google will probably ask for this back so I can make my decision and also maybe maybe by the time I decide to pull the trigger like they'll be like on uh, on uh, on a deals network for like 500 bucks or something uh, exactly so that again that's one of the things one of the sort of like weaselly things that I do that I that I insist is not a breach of of ethics uh, but but I was really tempted by that price drop because it's it's not just what it does now. It's as we've been talking about for 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 months now. The tantalizing idea that it might be able to run Windows Windows Ten in the future. So if it, if I have the ability to just either dual boot or uh, dare we pray hope have a window that has a win that has a Windows Ten environment in it, and so I can get. Uh, on this i5 powered uh, notebook, uh, the actual version of Lightroom, and I can actually mount a SD card uh, and miss all that sort of stuff. That's now it seems like a really nice deal. So uh, exciting time to be interested in in Chromebooks. I actually spent uh, some time reminding myself of what a rich environment it is because that's this uh, Google is definitely staking out the premium end of the market with these 
upwards of starting at 700 bucks, but as much as 1500 $1,600 uh, uh, slates. But you can still get the Samsung Chromebook Plus uh, for 500 bucks, which is all body, con- all all aluminum body construction, uh, a quad HD screen. Uh, you do get an SD card slot in there. Uh, it's super light, super thin, has a nice battery. Uh, the HP Chromebook X2, uh, which is another pretty uh, good price. I think it's $600 with a few extra niceties to uh, compared to the Samsung. Uh, it's hard to, it's, you're, you're, you're not hurting for choice. Uh, and the, 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 I would like to see someone, maybe it should be, <laughs> maybe it should be me because I'm also in this business. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, maybe I should get a hold of a Chromebook, uh, a Samsung Chromebook Plus. And yeah. because given how I've, I've used one, I haven't, I haven't had one for evaluation, but the keyboard is wonderful. The screen is wonderful. Uh, it has a 360 degree hinge. Uh, it's for 500 bucks. It's a lot of machine. It's really puts to shame almost every, so many of the other devices I've seen that cost uh, cost that much money, uh, and it can't compete with the $200 Chromebooks that are designed to be used in elementary schools. And <laughs> they are they are spilled milk proof in the sense that they just have a closet with stacks and yeah. stacks and stacks of these, and, and yeah. they'll just. Say 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 it's peel off the skateboard sticker so the kid can put it on the new Chromebook. But other than that, yeah. So it's it's a really interesting time. Everybody should be looking at, at Chrome OS and Chromebooks now, because uh, anybody who's anybody who's got a uh, even the slightly deep pocket for a tablet should at least be looking at comparing it to a Chromebook because uh, a $500 Chromebook can compete very, very effectively with a $900 iPad Pro for many users. It can even compete with uh, with a, a Pixelbook for many users because uh, it's not a cheap thing. It will last. It's nice. And it will give you all the things that will, that will make uh, Chrome OS really, really, really interesting. Well, we got uh, – we're – Running a little bit late, but there are a couple of things that one at least one thing we need to talk about. Uh, we're continued to follow the internal struggles about Dragonfly, which is the <sighs> yeah, uh, which is the yes, China, let us be the grease for your gears of gears of uh, domination of and control over your own uh, your own people. Uh, there's a one uh, Google got hit by a one two punch here. Uh, first. I think that I think this is the right sequence. Uh, first, Amnesty International uh, posted onto their site on November twenty oh, seventh. Wow. I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah, the, I post a really really uh, effective post entitled "Google Must Not Capitulate to Chinese China's Censorship Demands." Um, and here's one quote uh, from that uh, from that post. Uh, quote: "This is a watershed moment for Google as the world's number one search engine. It should be fighting for an internet where information is freely accessible to everyone, not backing the Chinese government's oh, dystopian boy. alternative." And also before that, mentioning all the different problems of uh, of internet users in uh, China and all the different ways that the Chinese government have been using technology increasingly to keep their thumbs on uh, every single uh, user every single citizen inside there we've of course heard about the uh, uh, social pro- social ranking uh, scores that if you're a jaywalker that'll fa- the, the ability to simply say because we don't think we've seen you at enough meetings uh, recently and because you missed a few days of work we're going to make sure you don't get to travel anywhere we will you can't buy an airline ticket you can't get a, an apartment you can't get a 
what are, if, if you can't imagine a more effective way to keep people scared and keep people in line to say that we can, with a simple, simple number in a computer that you've never heard of and you can't challenge, we can make you effectively the most repulsive underclass with no power whatsoever. And we will be turning all of the, our other citizens against you because we don't want them to be turned against us. We will make sure that people know that it's because you have deserved, you're not a good citizen, and that's why you deserve everything that's happening to you. Uh, so, uh, Jeez. I, yeah. It's <laughs> so uh, much. Yeah. It's, uh, and I don't, I, I, I don't know what the sequence was. I think that um, this was in response, uh, there was a post from uh, on medium from a medium account called google employees against dragonfly um and it is in it starts off by saying we side with amnesty international and linking to that post which makes me believe that this was either they were already lined up they they knew that this was coming and they were ready for it or that they quickly got they, there's enough organized uh, opposition inside google that they could turn this around pretty quickly um i I pulled out some quotes, but I really think that this is this isn't too long, and I think it's worth reading in full, uh, just so that you get the full. Act. We'll put it in the show notes. We'll put of in the course. show notes, but you'll get the books on tape version here. Uh, the title: <laughs> We are Google employees. Google must stop Dragonfly. We are Google employees, and we join Amnesty International in calling on Google to cancel Project Dragonfly, Google's effort to create a censored search engine for the Chinese market that enables state surveillance. We are among thousands of employees who have raised our voices for months. International human rights organizations and investigative reporters have also sounded the alarm, emphasizing serious human rights concerns and repeatedly calling on Google to cancel the project. So far, our leadership's response has been unsatisfactory. Our opposition to Dragonfly is not about China. This is all, by the way, this, is, this, this sentence is highlighted in green. The only section that's highlighted uh, so such way. Our opposition to Dragonfly is not about China. We object to technologies that aid the powerful in oppressing the vulnerable wherever they may be. And highlight. Uh, the Chinese government certainly isn't alone in its readiness to stifle freedom of expression and to use surveillance to repress dissent. Dragonfly in China would establish a dangerous precedent at a volatile political moment, one that would make it harder for Google to deny other countries similar concessions. Our company's decision comes as the Chinese government is openly expanding its surveillance powers and tools of population control. Many of those rely on advanced technologies and combine online activity, personal records, and mass monitoring to track and profile citizens. Reports are already showing who bears the cost, including Uyghurs. Uh, I'm sorry, we're not pronouncing that. That's a, a, a group that I've read about but have not ever heard pronounced. Uh, women's rights advocates and students. Providing the Chinese government with ready access to user data as required by Chinese law would make Google complicit in oppression, in oppression and human rights abuses. Dragonfly would also enable censorship and government-directed disinformation and destabilize the ground truth on which popular deliberation and dissent rely. Given the Chinese government's reported suppression of dissonant voices, such controls would likely be used to silence marginalized people and favor information that promotes government interests. 
Many of us accepted employment at Google with the company's values in mind, including its previous position on Chinese censorship and surveillance, and an understanding that Google was a company willing to place its values above its profits. After a year of disappointments, including Project Maven, Dragonfly, and Google's support for abusers, we no longer believe this is the case. This is why we're taking a stand. We join with Amnesty International in demanding that Google cancel Dragonfly. We also demand that leadership commit to transparency, clear communication, and real accountability. Google is too powerful not to be held accountable. We deserve to know what we're building, and we deserve a say in these significant decisions. And it's signed by, as of uh, Thursday early afternoon, uh, some 500-plus uh, people, mostly engineers. Actually, you could say overwhelmingly over, over uh, engineers, uh, but also some research scientists and some project managers as well. Uh, so I, this is it's not a very long piece, but it is very, very effective. And also, uh, if you, I really recommend that you uh, follow the link uh, that we put in the show notes and check it out. Because they also, every time they mention a problem they have with uh, uh, with the Chinese government, it's, uh, it's actually just a, an active link so you can read more about. They're not, we're not just being, uh, being vague about this. This is specifically uh, what we've got problems with. Uh, so... This is Oof. this is this pro this problem is not going away. It is not going away. That is quite a bit of food for thought to leave our listeners for this week, Andy. But you know, it's time to get that it's time to get that mind going again after all that turkey and all that shopping. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to get the after, mind gym worked out. You know. Yeah, we that this this is uh, interesting. Uh, interesting road that we uh, that we take on the show we start off by talking about oh yes buy consume yes expensive things yes pricey things uh, but there's still uh, this, this life is, why, is about balance life is about balance <laughs> and this is this is why uh, actually this is one of the reasons why i love doing the show that google is really touches every single button of what makes me love my job as a tech journalist that they are doing wonderful things with technology. They're doing wonderful things with mm -hmm, research. Mm -hmm. They are doing amazing things in making technology available to every single economic class of people everywhere in the world. However, they are also the purveyors of an incredible amount of power, both as wielded by Google and as abused by people who have access to their tools. Mm -hmm. And so this is... That's the key. Yeah. Abused by people who have access. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I'm... I'm very upset about Dragonfly. I really think that they need to stay out of that uh, of that business, because uh, both of these letters from Amnesty uh, and the and the uh, uh, and the Medium Post are absolutely spot on. That this is they are they are essentially putting the bl putting the blade uh, in the in the knife that, that uh, in the in the spear that uh, the Chinese government is using to dominate and abuse their own citizens. And that's just a hard – it's bad enough when Facebook <laughs> – Facebook – it's bad enough when Facebook can say we did not anticipate that we would – that Facebook messaging would be and, – and posts would be used as essentially the entire internet infrastructure for a country and that this country would use that to manipulate – uh, manipulate its people and abuse its people. However, that's – and that's bad enough. But Google cannot possibly be unaware – of what a sense, what a, a a a search engine approved by the Chinese government would be used for. 
um, it would be. There's a uh, ours. Uh, I'm sorry, TechCrunch uh, got hold of uh, an internal Google letter uh, that's been circulating for a number of months, uh, signed by 500 or so people, but the author is anonymous. Uh, and this letter supports Dragonfly, um, and uh, TechCrunch provides not the whole letter, but a couple of quotes from it. Uh, here's one quote. Dragonfly is well aligned with Google's mission. China has the largest number of Internet users of all countries in the world, and yet most of Google's services are unavailable in China. This situation heavily contradicts our mission, quote, to organize the world's information and make it universally accessible and useful, unquote. While there are some prior success uh, Google should keep the effort in finding out how to bring more of our products and services, including search, to the Chinese users. Uh, and then the TechCrunch quotes another part of the letter, uh, quote, in fairness, the letter does uh, does concede that Dragonfly is a, quote, challenging product. I'm sorry, I, I misquoted here. Uh, this is this is TechCrunch's quote. Uh, in fairness, the letter does concede that Dragonfly is a, quote, challenging product, unquote, that could, quote, end up doing more harm than good, unquote. Uh, TechCrunch says, simply dumping it, the, ar the employees argue, would miss out on a chance to, quote, learn how different approaches may work out in China, unquote. And I know that I'm, I'm only responding to quotes and not the whole letter, so I don't get context. But both of these quotes simply say that their complaints about... Google missing business opportunities as opposed to uh, the possibly credible argument that Google does not have the ability to make the Chinese government stop surveilling and controlling uh, its own citizens. However, by providing them with a platform, even one that w is censored, perhaps they're giving them some tools that they could use to improve their lives. Uh, that is a position that, in a generic sense, not about Dragonfly, that a lot of human rights organizations that I've spoke to over the years have have said that you, if you can't get a perfect solution, you can at least maybe create a a tool that people can use. Uh, when we were talking about uh, uh, the uh, the Google walkout, uh, one of the organizers was uh, commenting on the irony that it's because Google's collaborative uh, Google Docs tools and other tools works so well is because is how we were able to to create uh, an international day of protest so easily and so effectively and organize everything. And yes, if I'm going to be fair to uh, at least aware of both sides, there is an argument to be made that maybe there are some tools that would benefit uh, people and give them at least uh, increase their ability to fight against their government. But uh, again, they're they're given, I think they're, Google is giving China uh, a machine gun and they're giving users a box cutter. It's just not a good move and I I really, really wish they'd wash their hands of Dragonfly. It's not good. I feel like that's a good way to end this week. Uh, God bless us, everyone. <laughs> we start, yeah, you know, you get to start <laughs> off with the savings, and then you yeah. get to start off with the real stuff. So, so, so definitely a lot of good things to check out uh, on our on our site, uh, relay.fm slash material, uh, where you get links to all the stuff that we've been talking about. Uh, so definitely check all that sort of stuff out. And of course, incidentally, uh, if you'd like to support us by signing up for a membership, that also helps us out a, a great deal as well. And it gives can, us time to research gives the us things time to research. that we talk about. Exactly. If we're not, if we're not bagging, bagging uh, things at Walmart, that gives us more time to try to understand <laughs> <laughs> everything that's happening uh, with Google. Um, and you can also uh, uh, use that link to um, uh, email us uh, comments, questions, observations. We also pay close attention to uh, our Twitter account, 
Yes, we do. Uh, at Material Podcast. And uh, I have it on my to-do list to make it look nice. <laughs> it's just on my to-do list. <laughs> so we do so we do re- we do read all that stuff. Uh, we do. Flo, anything you got in the pipeline you'd like to call people's attention to before we sign off? Uh, please come to florencion.com. I've been working very hard on it, on making it a nice way to sort of keep up on what I'm up to and working on getting into a weekly blogging groove, uh, trying to blog there two or three times a week. I I was actually working on a blog post before we started (laughs) podcasting. So tune in there and that's where you can find out where I'm writing because I am writing all over the place. So, (laughs) you know. You're like you're like Banksy, only with intelligent conversation about technology as opposed to I just spray I just run and, and publish an article and then I leave. Exactly, that's what I do. Uh, it works for me. I don't know. Yeah, we're great. You can't complain about the results. Um, exactly. I'm, I'm an Otco on Instagram and Otco on Twitter, and you go to anotco.com. Uh, check out the stuff I'm writing. Uh, go to WGBH News. Uh, to a uh, website to uh, my my half hourly comments and conversations about technology. I think next t- next week you'll be hearing me ranting again <laughs> about Dragonfly, certainly uh, and other topics. I think I'm scheduled for Thursday, uh, but it doesn't matter if you could just hit the site. Uh, they post every single show uh, after it is done. Uh, so that's going to be it for us this week, everybody. Hope you had a great holiday. Thank you for listening to us this week. Hope you listen to us again next week. Until then, have a wonderful seven days. <laughs>